John was confused, puzzled. And maybe you and I, when, when we read this account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and they record the account of Jesus' baptism for us, maybe we're a bit puzzled too. John's right. Jesus is someone who doesn't need forgiveness of sins. He doesn't need what baptism was offering the people. There's a point to John's confusion. From the time when the angels proclaimed his praises and the Magi bowed down, Jesus lived that whole 30 years as the sinless, perfect Son of God. Now he was taking the first step to completing God's plan. Because he knew, beginning with his baptism, that he would carry out the task living dying for sinners to fulfill all righteousness. The following is from Rock of Ages, Youth and Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. January 12, 2020. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. It could be a good thing to make a goal for the coming year, right? New Year's resolutions are often a helpful self-improvement or way to better your life. Some of them can be as noble as, this year I'm going to be more encouraging so that others can feel better about themselves. Or sometimes the more or less noble goals, like this year I'm going to spend more time on self so I can feel better about myself. But probably we all find after maybe when spring comes, or maybe February, or sometimes even January 3rd, and we're not able to carry out those goals for improvement as we might like. And we realize that just because another year has advanced, that doesn't mean that we will automatically advance, at least not in any fashionable way. But God tells us that he has made us new. God himself says in Scripture that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And in God's word we see as we look this epiphany season how he has made us altogether new and different. Those who are in Christ, that is those who believe in him, have been made new. And so we'll be spending this epiphany season looking at several ways that God has done wonderful things for us and made us his own and new. This morning we begin with a very important change one that gave us an empowerment and a new status, our baptism. We read earlier this morning about quite a remarkable event. Only it seems that it's kind of odd. It was as Jesus comes on the scene for his baptism. For many, it's a, a striking account because it's been now 30 years since we had the angels singing his praises. It's 30 years between the section of Matthew chapter 2 where the Magi come and visit the infant child and where we see him here in Matthew chapter 3. That whole span of Jesus' life, there's only one short sentence recorded in his youth when he's 12. And even then, that, that short sentence is for him to express that he knows his purpose for life. And he remains and continues purpose-driven in his life. Jesus, the Son of God, has come to carry out and fulfill all righteousness and God's plan. And so he comes, leaving behind the region of Galilee, that small town of Nazareth where he grew up, and travels to the Bethany in the northern region, not the one by Jerusalem, but the one across the Jordan, to where John is baptizing. 
And there it is, after so long, the first recorded words of the Messiah in Scripture as an adult. We see him actually almost getting into a, an argument or a misunderstanding with his forerunner. The first recorded words. This misunderstanding began with John the Baptist, who knew his purpose in life too. That was to prepare the coming for the Messiah. And John knew one thing, that Jesus was far greater than him. John was called to prepare people's hearts through offering baptism and preaching repentance. It was a baptism, it was said, for the forgiveness of sins. So people, large crowds, were coming out to him to be baptized. And with the speaking of the word of God and the washing with the water, it says that they were forgiven and John was preparing the way for the coming of the Christ. You can imagine John, who had spent all this time saying, there's one coming after me who's far greater than I am, that John was confused when there comes Jesus. Sure, Jesus was ordinary looking. He grew up in the small town of Nazareth, and John grew up in the family of a priest in Jerusalem. But John knew Jesus was the important one. Jesus was the sinless Son of God. John had known this even from the womb. John had no doubt that when Jesus came, who he was. So when Jesus comes, Matthew makes clear why he had come. He had come for the purpose of being baptized by John. John was puzzled. Why would the Messiah, the sinless Son of God, why would this man who's so much greater than me need to be baptized by me? So it says John was deterring Jesus. It's an ongoing word in the Greek. It says he was trying to stop him from what he was doing when he realized Jesus wanted to be baptized by him. John says, you're going to be baptized by me? I need you to baptize me. Imagine if John got his way. The first recorded words of the Messiah in the scripture would have been, oh, sorry, John, you're right, my mistake. John was confused, puzzled. And maybe you and I, when, when we read this account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and they record the account of Jesus' baptism for us, maybe we're a bit puzzled too. John's right. Jesus is someone who doesn't need forgiveness of sins. He doesn't need what baptism was offering the people. There's a point to John's confusion. Jesus is the Holy Son of God. But as Jesus comes on the scene, he says, let it be so now. This is epiphany. This is God's appearing, his first speaking, and the recorded first words of the adult Messiah as he walks this earth. And notice he doesn't argue with John. Rather, he shows his authority. Now's the time, John. And no, Jesus doesn't deny the fact that John's right. He, he doesn't have sin. Jesus isn't saying baptism is necessary for me. He doesn't say, yeah, you're, you're right, John, I'm sinless, or no, John, I need baptism. No, rather, he is the sinless son of God, comes and says, now is the time that it's proper to do this. Not necessary, but proper, in order to fulfill all righteousness. That is, Jesus is saying, now is the time, John. I'm the king, and you're the forerunner to the king. Now is the time to show the world and now is the time for me to step in and to carry out God's plan of salvation. The next time Jesus would use this phrase, fulfill God's plan, would be 
when he refers to the law and the prophets and everything that's written about the anointed one. So now is the time. And the anointed one would be shown. He is the sinless son of God, but he is stepping into the world to carry out God's plan for sinners. And at this time, this baptism, we begin to see what Jesus meant. It certainly was an important event. When Jesus was baptized, it says when he was coming up from the water, coming up from the river, a voice spoke from heaven. The Spirit came down in what looked like a dove, the triune God, revealing his plan for sinners, that this man, our King, was coming in to carry out the plan of salvation. Yes, he is God's son. John had no doubt about it because the Holy Spirit came down from heaven and anointed him. The Holy Spirit signified this is the one. And if there were any doubt, the, the voice spoke from heaven, the Father, and said, this is my son. So scripture was fulfilled. As what we read earlier in Isaiah 42, that the Spirit of the Lord would be on him and he would be anointed to be God's chosen Messiah. And the word of the psalm, too, would be fulfilled in which the Father says, This, you are my Son. Today I become your Father. As the true Son of God in human flesh is declared to be God's Messiah, the sinless Son of God. And yes, he is vindicated as sinless, the one who I love and whom I'm well pleased. Jesus didn't need forgiveness of sins or washing. But here he steps in to fulfill all of God's promises and to be shown as the Messiah of this world, the anointed and chosen one. You know, for Jesus in his baptism, he recognized his life had a purpose. Make no mistake, he wasn't beginning his work now. He had been living in righteousness as the sinless son of God ever since his youth. From the time when the angels proclaimed his praises and the Magi bowed down, he lived that whole 30 years as the sinless, perfect Son of God. And he wasn't beginning his work now. Rather, he was taking the first step to completing God's plan. Because he knew, beginning with his baptism, that he would carry out the task of living and dying for sinners to fulfill all righteousness. The sinless Son of God entered to his plan and his ministry, was anointed by the Spirit, declared by the Father, and went all the way to face our death. God's plan for sinners, the friend of sinners, steps in our place. This is a pretty significant event. With God starting off on the most difficult stage, his plan of salvation, and he does it with purpose and intent for us. Jesus' baptism is definitely worth celebrating. And notice too, when we are baptized, the scriptures declare that we are connected with Christ through faith. In your baptism, you too have received the gift of the Spirit as Peter declares, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children as he invites the crowds to be baptized. And much like the Father declared Jesus to be the sin, the Son of God, we are adopted, and the declaration of God is those who are baptized into Christ are clothed in His righteousness, sinless and holy. And the Apostle Paul can rightly say, we were washed through water in the Word, to be spotless, 
without blemish, holy and blameless in his sight. You who are baptized have found something significant in your baptism, the declaration of God the Father that you are now adopted into his family and the knowledge that you have received the gift of the Spirit who has empowered you as a forgiven child of God to live a new life. Your efforts reform your life. Your efforts to live a, a new year with a resolution can fail and probably will fail. But in your baptism, you have been empowered and you have received a gift far greater than any other and you have been made new so that you can live a new life in thanks and serving the God who has called you his own. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who planned out our salvation, who anointed his Son and who empowers you and the Son who carried out that plan. As baptized children of God, you have something significant. Jesus had to travel pretty far for his baptism, didn't he? Not just from Nazareth and Galilee to across the Jordan, but he left the throne of heaven with purpose and intent to walk this earth and become the anointed one and to save this world. It was a significant event. But because of his baptism, you know that you can celebrate him who carried out his resolution and his purpose to save sinners and who entered into our place and who now, through baptism, has connected and robed you with his righteousness. He has fulfilled it for you and you now live a new life of faith as baptized children of God. This year, new you always has been because you are in Christ. You are empowered in your baptism by His Spirit. Amen.